Hi, and welcome to episode 11 of the Desert Island Punks podcast. I'm Jake and I play in punk rock band Jake and the Jellyfish, and this is my podcast where I interview friends of mine and people I admire in the punk rock scene. I ask them what five albums, book, and luxury item they would take if they were stranded on a desert island, and we talk about how those choices have influenced who they are today. This week, I'm joined by Zoc, singer and guitarist of Aspy and drummer of Petrogirls. We caught up in the band just before the gig that both of our bands were playing in Leeds. Um, he's a super interesting and talented guy, and we nerded out about songwriting, recording, classic rock and wrestling. Um, really hope you enjoy the interview. Please subscribe, rate, tell your friends, stay hydrated, you know, all the usual. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah. All right, well, anyway, um, cool. Zoc, welcome. Welcome, thanks, thanks for having me, yeah. yeah. Like, cool. um, so, uh, you have, you're on tour with Petrogirls, and Aspire have just announced that you're, like, well, not imminently, but within the next year, sort of slowing down and stuff. Yep. Yeah, calling it, uh, calling it quits, but, like, with, like, we're giving ourselves another year of playing shows. Just that's cool. Just kind of celebrate it, yeah. I think that's really, like, that's really fun, because... You obviously still want to do it, so it's just like yeah, it to just, an extent. It I mean? seemed like a good point in time to just basically just focusing on 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 ending the whole thing now. But like obviously everyone's super busy, but at least we can just pick and choose a few more shows that you know that like promoters and venues that had us back more regularly over the couple of years. And well, yeah. we know it's going to be a fun the fun show and good time. So also, there's a lot of people out there that give a shit about you guys. Which I mean. The, the amount of like feedback we got was like really overwhelming like I know people cared about it but then at the same time like the less we we went out on tour the more I felt like oh who really gives a shit you know like, yeah. it's just like I, I tend to go quite like get in a negative space about this but um yeah that was really sweet I think it's really easy to get into that space like unless and you're really full of yourself yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean like I just like I, I'm just like exactly the same do you know what I mean like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just like constantly questioning whether you it's like the best move there's actually because um, I I never really listened to Aspa until maybe I think it was the record before the last one um, Burden Calls yeah I listened okay. to that and I, I like I absolutely especially the second half of that record I think okay. it was really 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 good cool thanks um, and there were a couple of lyrics on that that really hit home and I, cool. I can't remember what the lyric was but it was something about like uh it's like you know, ten long years is a long time, and you know, our oh, show's yeah, gonna yeah. be okay. And I, I just hit it was too close to home. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that was it. I mean, we had that song like kind of on the on the back burner for a while. It was because that was about our first bassist leaving the band, and mm. kind of like just it's a really it's yeah. Sometimes I think maybe I mean the way I interpret lyrics. Sometimes I interpret them way more poetic than maybe the person even meant them to be. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah, but I, I think that's also kind of the beauty of it. So it's it's yeah. cool. Yeah. I remember one of my favorite lyrics was me miss miss uh, hearing uh, Wild Hearts lyric. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. And was I was like, and it was just like for years it was one of my favorite lyrics. It was just like I thought it was a really cool turn of phrase. Cause it was like he was talking about like it was like your friend kickstand that you're creating, and okay. I was like that's a really cool term because you okay. know like. This idea that there's like this friend that is there for you, but you could just kick it away at any time. You know, when you're done with that friend, you know, yeah, it's just like it just really resonated. Okay. It really resonated with some people I know, you know, and I was just like, yeah. you know, you're doing that to me. So and what's then, the actual lyric? Like this Frankenstein that you're creating. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> I just, and I was just like, no, man. Like, it's oh, gone from like being so good to just being so normal. But <laughs> I couldn't have been more of an opposite really. yeah exactly yeah I was just like Jeez. I'd read so much into it what was it like a Misfits lyric or something? yeah yeah exactly yeah it was just like it was so oh, weird man. Uh, yeah, right. but anyway you got a lyric out of that so yeah it's precisely yeah, yeah yeah like I've got a few lyrics out of that by misremembering yeah. stuff like mis- <laughs> cool um, sorry so I'm going to send you away to a desert island 
Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you're off, and you've got your five records. Yeah. Look, analog chatting with you. What is your first record? Um, first record, just because it got me into playing guitar, was is um, ACDC live at Donington. Uh, do you want me to talk about it? Or? Yeah. I mean, like, what? Why? Why? How? Uh, it's just. I just remember the exact day of like a, a school friend when I was like I was like 13 years old and a school friend showing me his dad's VHS of the ACDC Donington show yeah and I thought it was like because I, I I've previously heard like ACDC is this like satanic band and then I, I watched them and was like but they're really rocky and oh my god this guy is going crazy on stage and obviously my English was luckily bad enough to uh, yeah, understand any of the shitty lyrics yeah. <laughs> to be fair I mean that helped a lot, but then just that just really inspired me to pick up a guitar. Like that 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 live record I played to like every day after school. Like first I didn't know how to play chords, so I just played single notes yeah. on a guitar that would constantly detune itself once I put it back. I didn't <laughs> yeah. have a tuner, so every day I had to relearn the songs, which yeah, is really yeah. cool. And it's just like up until now, I, th I just think it's the best live record ever recorded. Although it's actually. There's a lot of cheating going on there because what you hear yeah. on the record is actually a lot of overdubbing. Yeah, that's what happens with uh, a lot of that. Sort of those. Sort of, I was actually speaking to Todd about that because one, yeah. of, one of Todd's, um, one of his records was a live record. It was Kiss Alive. Right. Okay. And like, um, and we were just talking about how like live records aren't really much of a thing anymore. But like, do you remember when it was like Kiss, Thin Lizzy, ACDC, I mean, they all have like, ph like phenomenal live records yeah. that are like so well loved and so well liked and it's yeah. like you don't get that anymore but then again there was a lot of overdubbing yeah. but it's still fucking killer it took me a while to figure it out but then like if, if I watch it now I know it but it doesn't really matter like yeah, I, I still think like the, that record and the, the way the sound the song sounds on this the songs sound on that record are just like because they've been touring with Metallica and Pantera because it was the Monsters yeah. of Rock tour so they were like it was all a bit more high gain and like the songs would play way faster and it's Chris Slade on drums, who's like hi hat. Like the way he plays the hi hat throughout that record, that makes the whole record for me. I'm like, it's, I can't describe. I'm just so in love with it. This is yeah. just something about it. It's funny that you mentioned ACDC really, because whenever I, because I, because you send through the records and mm. then I try and like have a listen to them all yeah. beforehand. And like I've listened to that record before because I got, got into it when I was growing up. But they're one of those bands that I don't really listen to very regularly. And then when they come on, you forget how many good songs they have. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, they're samey. But, like, they're still bangers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, totally. I mean, I, I, just, just, I mean it's, it's, it doesn't really happen that much that I don't... Like, there's, there's not many, like... There's not, like, long periods of time where I don't listen to them because I feel like they're, like, essential for me. Like, and obviously I've just listened to them for so many years. Yeah. But yeah, like I, I, I get like people tell me that from the outside perspective. It's like, oh, I didn't know that's ACDC. It's like, yeah, 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 a couple of hits. Yeah. <laughs> they um, uh, do you hear? Do you ever hear about that uh, quote? I think it's from like Angus Young or something. Where he's like, I'm sick and tired of people saying that we've got 12 albums that sound the same. We've got 13 albums. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple <laughs> of good quotes out there. I think a lot of them, yeah, Angus and Malcolm, they're just really dry humor and like. I mean, they don't really talk much anyway, but there's a couple of funny quotes out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we got third. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like again, apparently, like their guitar sound is like you know, he's not, he's not there's no trickery or anything. It's just turned up, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if if you can believe all the rig rundowns and everything yeah. that I've obviously studied, yeah, it's it's just apparently they're just really creatures of habit and just loads of amps cranked up and then just that's it and just 
dialing down on the guitar. Yeah, and, sure, yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, ideally, that's. I'd love to play guitar like that. It's just I'm not good enough to play I guitar. I also think, like, that. like oh, I don't know if that's the case, but it's more you have. Like they they're playing big enough arenas where you can whack that amp up and yeah. it can it can be you know like let's face it like um, tube amps are the best when they're like top you yeah. know right really turned up whereas most venues that most bands play don't do that like bands like us would struggle to even turn up a fifty watt amp like yeah. a single fifty yeah, watt yeah, amp sure, yeah. it's like the venues we play obviously you can't you can't do that but they they bring their own um, amp guy on tour that has its own workshop on tour really and he just they bring like like. 50 marshals for each guitar player on tour and he's just on a daily basis he's just fixing tubes because they run them so so hot <laughs> that they just keep breaking that's so cool but you know they're like whatever who cares we have our guy he fixes our amps it's like yeah. uh, it seems very excessive but you know yeah, it's cool yeah, well, yeah it's still <laughs> it's fucking really cool, cool though isn't it like no matter how yeah. old you get that is still cool yeah shit. exactly yeah alright sweet we'll move on to number two uh, I'm trying to think what number two was actually. Yeah, I've got it right here. And uh, I think it was the hold steady. Yeah, it's not necessarily in order to that, but the hold steady kind of restored my 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 faith in in good rock music, on a on a level where it felt like it doesn't have to be a big arena, like production, more like a bar rock band, and it can still kind of like, I still get there's still the riffs and the whole feel to it, and I don't know, I just feel like. Growing up listening to ACDC and the Rolling Stones and all that, and then getting into punk and not really being surrounded by any of that, because no, yeah. everyone thinks that stuff kind of sucks in a way, and you're kind of the only one that really likes hard rock. Um, hearing the Hold Steady was kind of like that perfect mix of like really rocking guitars, but then the singer singing about like the youth of today yeah. and Seven Seconds. So obviously, there's like ties to the, the punk hardcore scene and everything. It was like such a weird record to listen to, like the, the whole like storytelling over like the big rock rock yeah. music and everything is like yeah so the so the whole steady stay positive was like what yeah same kind of experience when i first heard that i was just completely in love with the band and then just started soaking everything in because that's like the album after boys and girls yeah, yeah which is like the big one isn't it was like yeah especially i think in the uk that was like a really big one and in the states obviously stay positive i think still was quite successful Although I'm not sure. I just heard that one first and then... Yeah, kind of. And then that's kind of, like got what you got you into. Yeah, yeah. exactly. What I find kind of interesting about them is that like, you, like you say, like, they kind of sound clumsy. Like, but not as in... Like, what they're doing is tight. Mm. But do you know what I mean? Like, it sounds live. You know, like, you yeah. feel like you're there. You know, like, you feel like he's, like, bashing around in a bar. Do you know, like... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, it's kind of urgent. Especially with the lyric delivery, like, the, like the early records especially, like, there's no effects on his vocal. Like his voice keeps breaking up. Like it's just like, obviously they just went for the the most like, like suitable maybe t intense. But also yeah. they only spend a couple of days doing the first record, so it just seems like they're just kind of going for it. I think it's his like his vocal delivery because of the way and the way he lands his lyrics mm. because it's not. It almost seems like he doesn't plan them in a way mm -hmm. you know like you know he's just he's like he's kind of reading them off. As, it's almost like he's reading them off. Yeah, and he's trying to make it fit. But it works really, really well. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'd be surprised to find out whether he he lays the lyrics out exactly the way they end up on the record, or if he just kind of, you know, he writes it down. But because there are quite a lot of words that need to fit a certain frame, he would just they just end up being what they are in the moment, yeah. and then he basically has to replicate them. But maybe That'd be the, so hard, another though. take, they would like the line would have slightly yeah. changed or something like. 
I, I don't know. Like I I'm I'm just waiting and hoping for him to like start writing books because I feel like the storytelling yeah. is just amazing and it's just. It's all like drug addicts. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny because he he writes about like scenes that he's never really actively been a part of, which is kind of interesting. Just kind of like the outside perspective, but then it sounds so like detailed and like I it's just I just I'm just kind of like I have a weak spot for the kind of American North American storytelling anyway, and that kind of just slides right in there. Yeah, and, cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I really rate them. So and much. and the cool thing is like the that record especially, I feel like. Because the way they pan it, it's like <clears throat> a lot of songs has like, because they still had only had one, yeah, kind of one electric guitar on that record. Um, so they, they, the panning is way more radical where like the guitar would be hard right and then all the piano would be hard left. Yeah, yeah. And Franz Nikolai is just playing the, the like, just way out there like things and just kind of, it, it doesn't, it kind of clashes with the guitar, which is maybe like the clumsiness you're yeah, also yeah. referring to. like but it just works it's like a really is yeah. that is that kind of like that thing isn't it it's like you have the, almost like a scale of being like tight and like really clumsy and like there's somewhere in between that kind of just works perfectly it's like a sweet spot yeah and it's like they found that sweet spot and yeah it's like exactly. nobody else sounds like them no exactly like I, I couldn't imagine like like being in a band like this like because I feel like it's like it's so dependent on the characters and the way yeah. you play and and someone, obviously, whoever produced that record, I don't know, like, appreciating that and not trying to make it, like, super sterile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, love that record. Yeah. Cool, sweet. Record number three. Um, maybe not in order, but I know I put Kid Dynamite, Shorter, Faster, Louder on there. Yeah, sure. Just because I remember that being the first really fast punk hardcore record that wasn't NoFX or any of the other Fatbreak bands yeah. um, that just really, really grabbed me because it seemed like when I first heard No Effects, it's just, they, to me, they sounded like really, um, really untight and raw and kind of shitty because I, I was yeah. so used to listening to like Animal of the State by Blink-182 and like Sum 41 and Goldfinger who were like really polished like yeah, pop punk polished, records. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they all had like fast songs on them as well. So when I heard No Effects, it's like, yeah, it's fast, but it sounds so like raw and shitty in a way. Which obviously then I got into them as well. But like a few years later, then when I first heard Kid Dynamite, it's just like it's so fast, but it's still so like tight. And and I was I was always I was already into like hardcore, but I I never really liked the whole like New York style like kind of yeah. poser hardcore. And they just seemed like. The perfect mix of like really melodic lyrics and just super fast songs played really tight and yeah i mean that still that that band like exclusively was responsible for us playing writing like fast songs really so, yeah because the first demos we did like and the f the first record even we didn't really have any like like punk drum like up temp songs only when we started listening to get dynamite we started writing like up temp songs but i, I yeah. absolutely love that um because it's so true, I spoke to quite a few people today. It's mm. like, you listen to an album, like, I've done it loads of times, I listen to, like, a song, and I just go, like, I want to write a song like that. You yeah. know, like, you just no, hear it, and you just, like, I want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, exactly, and it's kind of fine, because you're just starting out. And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, like, when, you, when you're starting out, it's fine, but I also think when, you, when you're, like, I spoke to um, John from Off With Their Heads, mm -hmm. and, like, and he said that they even like, on their latest album they still do that and mm. it's like like I still do that. I listen to a song, it inspires me to get up and write a song, yeah. and I'm just like, it won't sound like the song. Yeah, because it goes through so many filters. I think I've gotten back into this because I feel like 
at, at a point where it felt like I felt comfortable enough to write music I was like I have to write like really weird stuff that just really doesn't sound like anything like the first like the second Asperger I feel like was so like pet, it was such patchwork like yeah. just basically just like sticking riffs together like they made no sense together whatever just to prove a point that we can write our yeah, own could, stuff yeah, but I feel like now I feel way more comfortable it's like yeah I, like that's a great riff that's a great song I kind of wa- want to write something in the vein of that yeah, yeah and yeah like you said it comes out like I mean you can see the similarities but it comes out like a different thing anyway. I remember writing a, a song of ours called uh, 23 and mm-hmm. like we I, we wrote it and recorded it and then it was about to come out and it was literally about to come out like the video was about to come out like the next day okay. and I just fucking freaked out that it sounded too much like walking the still honest ah uh, seriously <laughs> yeah like, I just had like a fucking massive freak out uh, you know, and I was just like and I mean like in reality like I probably did rip it off do you know what I mean like but it's yeah. like it, and I was, and I listened to it back maybe like two weeks after it was already out you know yeah. I couldn't do anything about it I was like I don't know why was I worrying you know? yeah but it, it's, 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 you just get really self-critical about yeah. these things you it doesn't sound it. similar but it's clearly coming from the same ilk do you know what I mean like, yeah but then I mean some song inspired that song and that probably Precisely, sounds yeah. really similar to another song that I probably don't know but yeah it's I guess it's the yeah once you get rid of this illusion of like someone writing really original music because like the more you dig into it you find out oh that's where they got it from and yeah like, sure yeah that's why that singer sounds like like it has that sing- style of singing because they listen to that band and whatever yeah like, and it's funny because like I didn't I remember you I think you'd mentioned ACDC once before I can't remember who it was too or why but I, like I I kind of expected you to mention them and mm-hmm. I remember listening to Aspire stuff and I could tell that you really were, yeah that you was like that's that's like, that retrospectively was, do you know what I mean okay like, so that was always funny to me because people like we, we did write it in like a like a bio once where we were like oh like it's influenced by this stuff I was like you can't hear any of it but then people did say it I mean I thought for me it was always really obvious with a band like the Arteries like that was yeah. super obvious to me it was I, obviously like up temp kind of yeah. you could hear like the no effects kind of I only discovered the Arteries like last year at really? the Manchester okay. Punk Festival and I was like they're fucking so good and I was they're like where like, they're so good and that to me like that was always the band to me it was like you can definitely tell like that they're, they're listening to like ACDC and like, like kind of classic rock that's yeah, it, yeah exactly but yeah, but it's cool if 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 you feel like that's well, that's I could I could always tell because it's like because you have quite a lot of like you had quite a lot of like riffs like yeah. in, like one song you'd have quite a lot of different parts going on yeah. like, like moving parts and like you could I could like I don't know there was just it was retrospectively once it was said I was like I could see where those sort of riffs came from okay because it's like cool. that's something that I like I I loved Thin Lizzy growing up I loved those sort of stuff but yeah. it never really influenced my songwriting right. and like it's something I I think it's because I just put it on the back burner I was like I don't want to write that music but you yeah. kind of forget that you can't pick and choose what you want to take yeah and you can go like i want to take those little riffs or those ideas that people do you know those licks and then put it with this yeah and then it becomes an amalgamation of things well also speaking of thin lizzy i guess like like shuffling is not really a big thing in the punk scene either. no yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true, I, think, yeah. I mean there's a lot of shuffling going on with yeah, thin lizzy, I, which I, is great i love it i them. fucking love thin yeah. lizzy man like the, it's just it's all the sort of twin twin guitars you know yeah, what i mean like abs- no absolutely it took me a while to just get past the obvious songs like and kind of start buying records and stuff but yeah it's perfect and it's one of the few bands where even I even like the ballads yeah because that's what I never really liked about bands like Kiss like I felt like the ballads were way too ballady for me and then I would really like the rock songs, but then it's just the mix didn't really work for me. But with Thin Lizzy, it's just that, yeah, it works for me. The whole, yeah, I think, yeah. And like also realizing like a lot of 
like newer or newish bands like even band like the whole state you can tell they love them dizzy like yeah. there's all these like things in there i was um i was also saying and i've said this to a few people and i usually say after like we've hung out for a bit and we've had a few beers or whatever together mm. and like i would say and i'll be just like with like bands like acdc like they use the same chord progressions over and over and over but like they're still each individual completely different songs you know like highway yeah. to hell is still like sounds completely different to like Back yeah. in black, but like in reality, what they're doing with the chords is I always, and I'm so impressed by that. It's like when somebody yeah. writes like a reggae album, like I could never write a reggae album yeah. because I would just feel like I was repeating myself over the time. So it's like somebody that can write eleven songs yeah. of that one style. I always have like so but much. It's similar with like popular reggae songs. If you hear the first like the first bar and you know what song it is, yeah. Even though it might share the exact same accord, yeah, exact, and it's just weird. same chords, same tempo as like another famous reggae yeah. song. Yeah, it's like yeah, I. It's a total skill. I think like it's so easy to be like, oh yeah, anyone can write songs like that. But like to make a riff that's essentially made up of the same chords as the last riff sound complete or appear completely different. Just yeah, yeah. Because you play it slightly different or whatever. Like, it's yeah. I mean, I kind of love that about ACDC because it just also the way they carry themselves. It just seems like such a like, like, you know, they're not like a scandalous band really. <laughs> it's just like. Angus Young seems like the most boring yeah, person yeah. in rock yeah, ever. Yeah, they seem like really, really tame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like, it's just like, he makes himself look so unexciting and unexcitable. And I feel like it's kind of cool that, like, they're, yeah, whatever. I mean, I'm sure he, yeah. Oh, he's, he's, maybe. I don't know. Whenever. Yeah, maybe he's, I mean, maybe he's just a total asshole and that's why he got that big. You know? <laughs> I guess if you're that big, you've got to have some sort of, like, some sh- shitty, shitty habits about yeah, what you do. I suppose, yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe he's just lucky and just really wholesome. And quiet <laughs> and wholesome, yeah. In his castle in the Netherlands where he lives. Cool. So we're uh, going to move on. <laughs> Did he actually live in the castle in the Netherlands? He has like a really big like mansion in the Netherlands and we tried to... We were thinking about it a couple of times. It's not really on any of the, the, the basic routes to like Germany or whatever, but it's kind of like off track, but we were thinking a couple of times to go there. Because apparently when he's home, he sometimes just comes out and signs things. Oh, wow. Which, which <laughs> it makes him would sound, make my day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes him sound like an absolute dude. I know, I know. So yeah, maybe one day we'll try it. Yeah. Cool. So uh, anyway. on to a record four. Uh, yeah. Did you which one you want to choose? I know there were two left, but I'm just trying to remember. Not the last one, because I want to keep that for last. Uh, What's the fourth record that I said? Oh, yeah, of course. Fuck. Yeah, uh, Fucked Up, David Comes to Life. Um, very similar experience to what, what happened with the Hold Steady, because I... I um, it was... So they, obviously, they had like plenty of records before that, but when that record came out, I just happened to be um, on tour, and someone played it, and yeah. it was like... The, it's just the perfect moment for that record, because I've, I knew of the band, we even supported them. Like, oh, cool like three records before that one came out and I was I thought they're like the worst band on earth like, <laughs> I was like when we played with them like I was just like I couldn't wrap my head around it it just didn't make any sense it was just like like nothing about them like because I was just into way more like polished and like overproduced music back yeah. then and even with like hardcore music I wasn't really like they I didn't consider them a hardcore band like, yeah. to me but it's just like a big mess of like noise and screaming it's quite it is quite different isn't it there's like a lot going on yeah, yeah it is I mean unquestionably it was like they were like back then they were a hardcore band I still consider them a hardcore band now it's just when I heard that record it was like 
I I was like, oh, I didn't know that you could do that as a hardcore band. Like you had, you're allowed to do those kind of things because it's like an hour and a half long record. It has 18 songs. It it's like a whole plot that's being told. So it's a, like a, a yeah. coherent story throughout the record. Um, it has all these like different like has like string instruments coming in and out. It has like all these like different vocals vocal mm. parts coming in. Um, and it's just the the I guess. They always had that kind of really steady drum beat with like closed hi hats yeah. and loads of floor tom, which I kind of like didn't really pick up on back then. But it was just that it was such a great mix of like a, a really raw sounding record that that sounds really catchy in the sense that like it's really straightforward. Yeah. But then like the the really aggressive vocals and and when I started reading the sto- the storyline and everything, not that I claimed to completely know what's going on but like the just picking out pieces of it and like certain like quotes of that record it's just like yeah just immediately put like images in my head and then I started watching the videos they put up with that record and it's all so artsy and like so out there but like in such a like fantastic way that I feel I would have never expected from a hardcore band yeah sure it just totally like blew my mind that like yeah, they 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 started as a hardcore band and they still play hardcore shows. Because whenever I got to see them, it was never a big show. It was always like yeah, they're still kind of, of kind of underground sort of stuff. Yeah, they? I mean, like, it would. I think the biggest show I've seen them play was in London once at Scala, which is fairly big, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But like the last time we saw them was at some like, I think former Spanish um, community center in in Montreal. Cool. Which didn't <laughs> seem like a. Like I, I, it was just I didn't seem like a regular venue. Like yeah. everyone, everyone I spoke to about it, like didn't really seem to know it. Right. And it was the turnout wasn't like, it wasn't great for like for a band that's like a couple of hours like. Yeah, you'd think away you'd from it'd be good, yeah. yeah, and like the opening band was like a just straight up like hardcore band, and everything about the show was so DIY and like, but then still they have these like really amazing guitar like three guitar harmonies and like. And then now on the new record, they have all these like electronic songs on it as well that are yeah. really heavy. It's just like, yeah, anyway, like that that record really opened that door. Like, well, they're kind of like, so I was listening to it because I've, I've heard bits and bobs mm. fucked up. But like, it's like really open. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? There's like so much space on that record, I think, because it's yeah. like, there's so much like going on, but it's all coming from like, it feels like it's like very pants, so it feels like it's coming from different angles. Yeah. Which is funny, really, because hardcore. Like traditionally, is is pretty close. You know, like yeah. you listen to it like production wise, it's just like, yeah. There's like, like pressed as fuck. Exactly, and like the panning is really like it's a guitar left, guitar right, like really heavy sounding drums in the middle. Like everything sounds really clean and tidy, and like space for vocals and like kind of yeah. But then with this record, like also it really depends on when you listen to it. Like it's not a great record to listen to in a band because I feel like any sort of road noise just totally cancels out everything like you just hear like just white noise and a bit of screaming on top of it so I feel like it's yeah there's obviously so much going on that like you kind of need you need to have like ear like earphones or whatever to like listen to it but yeah it's just a really unconventional hardcore record that still feels like a hardcore record yeah cool great sweet so episode uh, episode uh, CD5 record (laughs) 5 record (laughs) 5 Uh, Tegan and Sarah the con cool yeah because that uh, record just kind of taught me that you can that pop music doesn't have to be like really polished and and simple in the sense that like it you know like 
I always thought of making pop music as like a really conventional, like, okay, here's the few things that you put together yeah. and that makes a pop song, yeah. that makes a famous pop song or whatever. But when the con came out, they put it up with this like DVD that showed the whole, like basically it was like, I don't know how many songs there are on the record, 13 songs, and it was like 13 chapter DVD where they, like there was one chapter for each song of how they made it. And it's so cool because like the whole record basically, they like, it's also the first time that I heard of someone making a record where they would record the drums last. Like that was yeah, that I, is that is unusual. Yeah, I never, I never even thought that that's a thing. I just never thought about it. It's like okay, cool. They had like they laid out all the other instruments first and vocals, um, it's and then a dangerous game as well. No, totally. But then they they I, I keep forgetting his name, um, drummer of Death Cab for Cutie. He recorded drums on that one, mm -hmm. and basically just guided him through the feel of the song so he yeah. would just go in and like lay down different ideas and then they'd be like okay let's see what fit the song, fits the song best which blew my mind because I'm like cool like that song can sound either way like yeah. you can still leave out all the layers you recorded beforehand but in my mind I was always so used to like laying drums down first bass guitar and then vocals yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was the first time I heard of someone doing it like basing it all around vocals and then just adding to it. You can tell that that's what they, like, that's their sound though, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Like, it's, and it's like really noticeable on the record, I think. Yeah, like, and it, it's also not like a very, like the, the whole, I think it really goes with the whole art of it because the whole artwork is all like kind of foresty and everything mm. and I feel like that, that that's kind of how the record sounds to me as well. It doesn't sound like a, a really like pumping, like pop record. Yeah. Like it's really, like, the kind of style, the recording styles they used on it are really like, yeah, just really like to me really strange stuff. And like, yeah. like I learned a lot of things about like, yeah, how you can you know record drums a certain way or or just incorporate things that aren't drums to like make up for like some sort of rhythm section or whatever. Which yeah. they like there's a staple on the record. There's like <laughs> some upside down drum more, heads on. Can I get more stapler in the mono, please. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it's cool because like there's a chapter on the on the DVD where either Tegan or Sarah I don't remember like it's just kind of showing the drummer that like in between the backbeat she would like some like kind of offbeat like yeah. high pitched like just notes in there and she like just does it on the, the stapler and they're like well okay well let's just use that and it's like next thing you see it's like kind of the stapler is like on the side of the drum kit he's <laughs> playing it on and it's like cool yeah that that, that really like yeah it's like creativity isn't it yeah. in the studio which I think a lot of people especially at our level don't really have the money for unfortunately like I think is that having the time to be able to like yeah. experiment in this video but then also I feel like there's like back then it totally blew my tiny punk rock mind because it's like that's all all of it seemed unconventional to me yeah. but then like I feel like that kind of showed me that there are people that just do that just produce records in their bedrooms or whatever using you know just really simplistic or you know seemingly simplistic like methods to, to get really interesting sounds yeah like and then I think following up to that record I think I discovered the what was like the, the big hit record of Feist with like oh um I've, I've got I don't it. know what the record's called but it was like, it's really good like one two three yeah, four yeah. is on it and like the one after that's really good as well I'm not sure I know that one no. but I know that I think that one she recorded all by herself as well yeah. in her in her home so it's like Obviously, you still need a budget to make that sound really big and everything, but just the idea of, like, being able to do those things and yeah. just do them, like, and just think outside the big, like, 
big studio with like loads of expensive drum shells and expensive yeah, yeah, amps yeah. like that. You that still was, use a stapler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so now yeah. So uh, and you guys, you guys actually did a cover set, didn't you? Of yeah, we did a. That was one of our first cover sets. Uh, How did you find that? Especially with the, was, like the vocals. I imagine did you have to, you have to drop the uh, tunings or we played. I mean, we're in like what was it D major standard. So it was half step down from E anyway. Right. Uh, but other than that, no, I don't think we detuned anything. Some stuff just kind of worked as like, just singing it an octave lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but a lot of the vocals on that record aren't actually that high pitched. Like, yeah. like oh, a lot of them are quite like, I mean, they would be at the top of my range. Yeah, yeah. But I guess for Tegan and Sarah, they were kind of like on the lower end of their range. So it's actually like, to me, that was the most fun cover set we did. Yeah, I imagine that must have been so five. much fun. Yeah. It was great. Like, I mean, I was kind of worried because I was like, okay, how's it going to come across like four guys playing like a Tegan and Sarah cover set if it's, you know, just kind of like, yeah, it's, you know, but then it was cool when we played, when we, when we played it and people came up to us and it was like, people seemed so excited that we chose yeah, that yeah. band to do but it's it it's also just completely like left field for like that do you know what I mean yeah like, no totally that, I mean that was kind of the idea to just kind of not do the obvious like punk band or whatever yeah um, I, I just yeah. I, I'm always really impressed at bands that do cover sets because I can barely remember my own songs yeah let alone like remember the yeah, entire set sometimes it's easier remembering songs that you heard like a million times cause, yeah I suppose yeah. it's in there somewhere already isn't yeah. it yeah, I mean like, we we always had the best of times like working on cover sets because it's just once you get to figure out how how to play it so it sounds like the record that you yeah, know yeah, it's yeah. like it's, I mean I totally get why there are cover bands out there like really, it, it's just fun. I totally get it yeah. like it must be so much fun like so it's quite satisfying isn't it when you get it right I think yeah. you know, when you like finally get to that moment you're like ah oh, that song's yeah I mean I guess I guess you can I mean this it's funny like that I, I, I was recently like kind of tapping into the world of like cover bands because I'm just I find it really fascinating when bands take it like up a notch and just like completely become the yeah, band that they're covering weird, isn't it? whereas like I mean obviously on the topic of ACDC there's so many ACDC cover bands and then they you know they, they would have their Angus who's like I mean Angus Young is what like he's I, I don't know in feet but he's he's really short yeah like, yeah and they'd have this like really tall guy <laughs> with short hair who's like in shorts with a backpack and it's like he's he's the lead guitarist in the cover band I find it funny because well, like some cover bands I think it's Sex Pistols one one of the big ones in the UK like they've released an album seriously <laughs> yeah of, just of Sex covers. Pistols songs yeah you know and like uh, they did like you know merch or something like who is buying that album just go buy the, the real one yeah but I yeah I mean in a, yeah, it kind of makes sense. I don't know. I feel like, especially if I think of like Austrian, like music landscape, and like maybe like if you have like countryside festivals, yeah, yeah, where obviously you just kind of want to hear like you'd have so many of these cover bands that play like just a a mix of like all the big rock hits. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I could totally see them like selling merch and everything because it's mm -hmm. like for people, it's like. It's that, just funny, but it, CDs is where I think my limit goes Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, 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 that's yeah. a bit ridiculous. I've seen, I've seen, like, websites of cover bands where they 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 posted, like, examples. Like, they, yeah. did, they did record the songs just to kind of prove that they're, like, yeah, they're good, you know, enough. good enough. Yeah. But then to actually put that on a record, it seems like... <laughs> but then the, my favorite thing at the moment is finding Slipknot cover bands. It's the best thing out really? there. Really? Like, they're it, good, or...? entertaining yeah okay yeah. good not not necessarily good I mean they're good at actually playing the stuff but like 
there's a I kind of got started because there is a in my hometown um, where Asprey are from and still practice uh, next door there's like a big there's like a couple of metal bands practicing and there's actually a Slipknot cover band in there that are apparently quite like well known within the scene um, so it's like okay I'm gonna look them up <laughs> and they're really good at what they do yeah. But, like, the, you'd see a video of them playing, like, an Austrian countryside festival <laughs> on, like, a tiny stage. But yeah, there's still, like, nine people with, like, these, all these, like, drum, like, extra, like, all these, like, drums and everything. The, the DJ desk and everything. So, like, and families and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but exactly. And there's, like, a couple of people out there. And the, and the way they, like, also hype themselves up before the show, it's, like, they're obviously becoming the characters of the character that you know that they're, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're pretending to be someone that that's actually someone else yeah, <laughs> so yeah it's not even you pretending to be that one person no that person also has like a mask on and a different <laughs> person so it's like it's like yeah 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 so many levels i find yeah. it so confusing but it's it's really entertaining yeah cool. i guess there's a really famous video actually of like a sleep no cover band in the uk yeah it's like it became like a what's the video version of a meme uh, is it, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's still. This is great. Them, yeah. There's this one part where you know they have these like kegs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To, and and there's one part that like, one of their their hit songs where you hear like that keg sound, and there's like this cop in the crowd, and he just he keeps hitting the keg, and then he passes his batter like beater on to yeah, like yeah, one yeah. guy in the crowd, and he just kind of knocks. He hits the keg, but then the beater like just kind of fires back, and he knocks himself out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's such. A it's so obscure. It's also it? just like how. How did we get to this point? No, it's, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's like nothing about this makes sense, but it's, so that's my new passion. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, man. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna move on to your book. Right. Uh, Try to look this book up. Really difficult to look up in the UK. Yeah. Well, it's all in German, and I'm not. I'm not even sure it's my favorite book. I'm. I'm a terrible reader, and I only ever read a, like, maybe like a couple of books per year. Like I'm a really slow reader, and I've, mm-hmm. I've. But that one was super easy to read because it's. So the book's called Wo die wilden Maden graben. The author is just called Nagel. He's the singer of a German punk band called Muff Potter. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. I um, know of them, yeah. Yeah, and so he's, he just, I mean, that book, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically just like a, a collection of his diaries of like, I don't know, 10 years of touring or whatever. Yeah, cool. But it's just, it's just this mix of like diary and then just kind of more poetic stuff. Mm. Um, which I get sounds like so cliche it's like guy in a band reads a book no, but by, it is by another guy in a band it's relatable though that's the thing it is and also it was just like it, what I found really interesting about it is that I thought like when I read it first it was like oh that, that to me though, they're still a big band like what they were back then they yeah. don't really exist anymore um, but then you'd read the stories and the shows they'd play and it's kind of like this rela- relatable thing where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, they are a bigger band, but they still kind of deal with the same bullshit. Yeah. On a, maybe on a different level, but it's... Just because they're a bigger band doesn't mean that every single day on their tour life is, like, just all all great and yeah, all yeah, joy. Sure, like, yeah. they still have the shitty shows sometimes. They still have, like, you know, just all the lows that you would get on a yeah, smaller scale have, as well. Yeah, like, arguments in the band. Yeah, yeah, and so. just, I don't know, just I, the way, also the way he writes, he also has a follow-up book which was just a, a like a, a whole story it wasn't like a it wasn't less of a diary but like just a really like interesting way of writing and really like funny way of writing as well cool. and also just kind of like a couple of like tour life hacks in there that I thought were really interesting for example he's like he 
he got me onto the idea of like um so basically he's every day on tour he would go to like a local gym and just pretend he just moved into the area to get a free membership like a trial membership <laughs> so that he could work out every day and like all these kind of small things in there I was like that's genius that's yeah yeah cool. that's a well good idea yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he just he just he just look up a street name like close to the venue and they'd be like yeah I just moved in there and like I'd really I'd really like to settle into this gym can I get like a trial and they'd obviously be really accommodating because yeah, they yeah, want yeah. him as a customer <laughs> and then next day that's he's in another town idea. yeah <laughs> so it's just like yeah it's just full of these little things yeah Cool. Um, and then luxury item? Uh, I think I said collection of WWF. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was Action really figures. Awesome choice. <laughs> yeah. Because I just recently kind of, I don't know, randomly remembered um, when, I, when, I had, when I had the full collection of, of wrestling figures. And like the, I still have the ring. Like I have the, all of that sitting at my mom's place. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. And just kind of, for some reason, kind of remembered that, that state of just... Because in, in where I grew up, we just had like a, a like a playground yeah. in between all the, the flats buildings. And there were like just bushes all over the playground. And you could just kind of sneak into the bushes because uh, they were kind of hollow on the inside in a way. And then it just become this like arena. You know what I mean? Yeah, in mind, yeah. it was like, like we would just put like the ring in the middle and like all these characters. And it was like, it, it was so like occupying like it, it just like it was just yeah it's so creative as well and like I just kind of for some reason found the ring at my mom's place the other day and just kind of put me back into this like carefree yeah like really but really creative and like kind of like interesting phase where I just like made up all these characters and it was just like and I could I, I just thought of myself being on an island and I could be like okay if I have like 20 or 30 of my WWF like yeah action figures and the, the, the ring I could just make up new plots all the time and like you know just like yeah that does sound really fun and this person <laughs> this, this, this thing you're not allowed fought. to do at this age but you still kind of want uh, to it. that would be the perfect excuse to pick it up again yeah exactly I'd be on my own you know judge free there's, environment there's no judgement yeah. exactly I could just make up all these plots about who falls out with which other it'd be, <laughs> it'd be great yeah yeah. do you so, think um, do you think you'd be you'd be good on a desert island uh really I, I would be seriously concerned about nutrition yeah that's fair because <laughs> yeah. first of all no experience with catching anything no desire to hunt down anything but I guess that's what it would come down to yeah I suppose at the end, the end yeah I mean it's like fruit's only going to get you so far I yeah. suppose isn't it? then no knowledge about which fruit is actually edible which isn't then I, I don't know how long it would take for my system to even accept meat in case I would have to start hunting down yeah I didn't something. even really consider that but like, like yeah same like it's probably been like 11 years since I meat, so I don't know yeah, is, like, can you just I don't know like I mean I if it comes just, down to like you having to like survive I guess you would probably choose to hunt for something I don't know but then I I don't know if that's you know that the the <laughs> I guess the luxury of being able to choose a vegan diet for yeah. like I don't know how many years in that scenario you'd your body's just, just yeah. like nah not not taking that on board anymore <laughs> it's like no how <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> why did this happen now so yeah and also I don't know I think I'd be e- I mean we're talking a deserted island so assuming actually there's nothing around no you're, you're on your own but you're like the, the, own, yeah, yeah. the island the island's like you know it's got some wildlife it's got a bit you know right, okay. you know, it's like it's not super super small but it's by no means big right okay but then even then I think I'd be pretty easy prey as well so so I, w- I wouldn't give myself like too high chances no yeah. it'd, be, it'd be really exciting <laughs> for like a week off. maybe yeah. yeah but then 
yeah. I get grumpy enough now on tour when I don't get to eat for three hours. So, <laughs> but then again, maybe you're less grumpy if there's no one around to be grumpy. Yeah, you've got <laughs> no one to complain to. Yeah, so yeah, yourself. yeah. And what's that going to do? Exactly. So yeah, probably not do too well to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So last question, and it is if you so you stumble across a book on this desert island and it's got a spell in it and if you read out the spell you get transported back home uh-huh. but when you get home all music is Nickelback <laughs> is this do you ask everyone that question? yeah recently okay. I have yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and it, so it's like anything you listen to any, so turn on the radio it's Nickelback somebody's whistling over there okay well I mean I've paid twice to see Nickelback you paid? <laughs> paid <laughs> amazing <twice>. so <laughs> I mean, I'd be a hypocrite to say that that would be completely outrageous because when I was 14 and 15, I had a phase. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I had a phase. Don't like, worry, like, we all had that. But, yeah. yeah. I think I even considered the cowboy head wearing bassist a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, oh, just... has that changed since? <laughs> he wears a cowboy hat and everyone knows how cool that is. <laughs> yeah, no, but that, back then I thought, like, yeah, that, that all adds up. That's great. And I always used to justify it with being like, yeah, you only know the hit songs, like listen to the whole records, which I listened back to recently again. And obviously they're awful. But Some really uh, problematic stuff on there as well. I don't even, like content, like lyrically, I couldn't even tell you because when I listened to them, I literally my English wasn't good enough to really? pick up on anything. Well, somebody put them on in the van as a joke a couple of years back. And okay. there's a song on that is dead problematic. Like, and it's just like very like... Um, I can't remember. It's about having a fight with his girlfriend or something. Okay. And it's just it's it's horrible to listen. Really? To. Yeah. Okay. It's really. I mean, like, Jesus. I mean, I was never particularly de- like defending Nickelback anyway. But like, you yeah. know, it was just like one of the things I was like, oh, you know, you're twelve. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. You're twelve, thirteen. You know, you're just getting into music, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's just. No, I I don't remember pick. I can't really remember any lyrics, and I really don't remember why I even liked them in the first place. Yeah, they're ex- they're accessible on the radio. Yeah. They're also on the radio and they're not pop. And I think when you're like 12, I guess so. Yeah, that's like it's your it's like your foray into other stuff. Although I remember when they put out "How You Remind Me" and that was always the big single. Mm. The at least Austrian radio at that point refused to play any like overdriven guitars. Really? So they did provide that's incredibly. No, they did provide an alternative uh, version of the song, which is the acoustic guitars. Really? Yeah, because it was a huge song back then, but there was no there were no overdriven guitars. Wow, on, that's crazy. on the radio, yeah. So, so we d- didn't even have that. <laughs> but um, oh, but I, I, I mean, I know that wasn't your question. Your question is where that would. Yeah. Um, but fun fact is that we, when we, one of the two Nickelback shows that we went to, we actually managed to get a video with Chad of Nickelback no saying uh, something along the lines of like of like. Um, Hey, this is Chad from Nickelback. I'm here with Aspi. Um, <laughs> you just totally that, dig that out. And man. I was like, now everyone finger the fucking camera. And then we all middle fingered the camera. And we were like, obviously loving it. And there was a video of it. It was like, it was, it was the night. So it was like pretty dark. But you can kind of, you can see like his curly hair. And yeah, you can yeah. tell it's him. Yeah, yeah. And we did, I, it's, it's, it's definitely lost. It was on a, on a hard drive with all of my, my pictures that I lost. That would have been the perfect thing to, dig back up for the yeah. for the breakup yeah oh man that's fucking yeah so that that's <laughs> so maybe I would actually be fine with coming back to the world of Nickelback although that sounds horrific at best yeah <laughs> but you know I've, I've I I obviously made it work once so maybe I could just make yeah. it 
work again. I don't know. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cheers, dude. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. Next week, I'm joined by friend and songwriter Chloe Hawes. See you then.